Welcome to the Masters in Travel podcast. I'm Whitney, owner of Undiscovered Sunsets and The Hive. And I'm Brianna, the owner of Milk and Honey Travels. Welcome to our new series, Shop Talk, where we chat about what's going on in our businesses right now, what's exciting, what's challenging, and what's on our minds. When something exciting happens, we want to ensure we're taking a moment to recognize and celebrate our successes. When things are challenging, talking through them together to gather each other's perspective is often so insightful. And if you're going through any of these challenges at the moment as well, we hope that by sharing openly, you know you're not alone and that as business owners, we're all navigating this crazy journey together. Let's dive in. So Brianna, I know you love to journal at the end of the year. Um, I'm not a journaler per se. I think because I literally don't like to hand write. It like hurts my hand. I'm like (laughs) that annoying. It's like my hand hurts. But I do love like reflective questions. And then I'll be like, you know, driving to pick up my daughter, just like reflecting on a question, but I don't like sit down and write it down. Mm -hmm. Is that like a Is that like a mental journaling? Does that count? (laughs) I mean, it sure does count. There's something obviously, and yes, I agree with you, putting pen to paper. Like, I just feel like I am writing like my four-year-old right now. Like, I don't even, I I think (laughs) I used to have decent handwriting and it's out the window. And so sometimes what I'll do, like I have over the years, I'll have it just like digital or whatever, but there is something about writing it out that A, makes it more, like it makes it stick more, but B, I can go back and see what I was feeling at the end of each year or what I was kind of like, what made me happy, what I was working on, what kind of stuck out to me. And so I'll do that a lot, even at the end of like, say this year, 2023, what did I say in 2019, 2020, 2021? And so I like that idea that there's this kind of like log, backlog of all the ways that I ended the year and how I planned for the next year. I like that idea too. So you shared with me some questions that you think about or go through to kind of like journal prompts, basically. Um, And this one made me laugh out loud. So my first question for you is what client feedback did you receive that you cherish and need to add to your, this is why I'm awesome file? Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and shouldn't we all have a folder on our laptops or whatever that is just like, this is why I'm awesome. Like, this is why I'm awesome. Why Absolutely. I'm awesome. And we just continuously add all of the good things that just make us fabulous because we all have them. And I think, you know, the importance of this question, first and foremost, is I was sharing with you, it's I will get stuck on this is why I suck, <laughs> like very easily. Oh, like, yeah. I think it's a human trait. I think yeah. a lot of people yeah. Do. yeah, and especially in this business, you know, 90, whatever the percentage is, 98% of the time, 95% of the time, our clients have such great experiences working with us. We elevate their, their trips and we provide so much expertise and value. And then there's those couple of people who don't get that from us or things go awry or it wasn't a great fit and they tell us and that's what we hold on to. So I love this prompt and this question because it makes me focus on the 98%. And so for this year, a couple of trips come to mind, came to mind specifically when I was thinking about this question. And one, they actually just got back a few weeks ago and they did this like, it was, they were going to Africa, but not like Safari Africa. They wanted to do like Ghana and Senegal and like places I actually didn't even really have that much personal knowledge of. I've been to Senegal, but nobody wants to go there. So it's not like I have this, uh, all this like built up understanding of like how to, but anyway, who do you work with in Senegal? So it's called Upright. They're called Uprise Tours. And I've worked with them in Ghana before, but they actually also do Senegal. So it was a really, I was thankful that I could just use the same, the same company. And they're, they're, yeah. So they're great. 
they are the type of people that will be like, can we have a phone call? And I'm like, you know me. Oh, okay. But anyway, so this family just had all of this expectation and it was, it was a, not only just like a great vacation, there was also like this cultural aspect is why they picked these countries and what they were. And so I could tell it was her first time she was planning for the family, but she was also type A, but she had all these questions, but she wasn't sure. And the amount of volume of back and forth and like, before Mm -hmm. I sent her her final itinerary, she's freaking out because she was, and I'm like, you know, I was going to go over all of this, but let's have a phone call to ease your mind type of a thing. Right. And so when she got back and she was just like, I can't even put into words, like, how seamless and spectacular this trip was. And she named literally, she named out everything, like all, like these many hotels, these many guides, these many excursions, these many meals. And it was like a two week trip, right? So there's a ton of stuff. Wow. I'm surprised that something didn't go wrong. (laughs) You know, also it's like the mindset and the mentality. Like if you are in a good place, I think you just see like the ebbs and flows of a trip and you feel it. I was thinking the same. Yeah. Sometimes those types of clients make me nervous. It's like, are you going to be able to relax enough to enjoy this? Or yes. are you just going to look for everything for, for that's all not of, perfect? Exactly. And yeah, West so Africa. Happy to know. Right. West Africa. She chilled. I had a really honest conversation with her. I'm like, listen, like the tourism infrastructure in these countries is not the same as like, when you talk about Senegal versus South Africa, like I'm not giving you the same experience, right? There is other things that make it special, but it's not going to be the service at a five-star hotel. Like, you know what I mean? We're pouring money into like an overall experience that's going to look different. So setting expectations, but also that she took that and like saw the value and the good and what she was hoping to get out of the trip. And like, these memories are going to stay with my family together. So it was like the parents and their three adult children making the time to be in Africa for two weeks together, but having the best time. And like when she got back, first of all, she was so thankful that I asked her like, how did the trip turn out? Like my template that I send, but she's thinking it's a personal note to her. She's like, I can't like, I'm so glad you followed up. And then, you know, her explanation. And then she just actually followed up again because she just got my, my Christmas gift that I send. And she was just like, this is so special. Now we have this like memorable thing, whatever. I send little ornaments. So it was just a very like, I was so thankful, but also I was just like, this is going to stick with them. And that's obviously why we do it. And now like she got it. Like after it all, the months and months and months that we put into this trip to get it to here. And now she sees like the value of what we do in a whole different way because she's experienced it. And so all of her doubts uh, were like, for not, so to speak, but like, I'm so sure that she had a great experience. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Definitely file that away in your, this is why I'm awesome file. And Ghana and Senegal, no less. I don't know the first thing about Ghana and Senegal. I know, I know. But yeah, I mean, I think that like, this is why I'm awesome. Like the people who take the time to not only just share their feedback about, oh, that hotel was great, or we really enjoyed this tour, but like how this experience like literally is made a mark, right? Like something they will remember forever, something that kind of like is something they'll cherish forever. Like that deeper meaning of why we do this and why travel matters. And they share that with us. It's like, it not only just is like validates what we do, but it just makes me feel like I, I know I'm good at what I do, but I'm so thankful when people like, let me know that like the energy and the hours and the heart the blood, sweat, and tears, however you say it, that went into putting this together, like yeah. actually mattered to them. And they value yes. like that from me. So yeah, I love yeah. that. 
I agree. I think that that's when I think about this question, that's where my mind is going as well. There's one story that comes top of mind that was feedback when they got home. And then there's been a couple of recent situations in which their feedback is actually to my proposal. Mm. And so like the first the first impression I made with how I presented the proposal, they were like, we're blown away. This is incredible. And now we're super, super excited for our trip and they haven't even gone on it yet. Um, And that one makes me laugh. This is why I'm awesome file. When this one client wrote back like, whoa, this is far more than we expected. This is absolutely incredible. Just about the proposal. I was like, understood the assignment. Right, right. Like that's so, it's so awesome. And like the bar they set for us is pretty low. And we're like, we're about to blow your minds. Like get ready. Yep. Like they literally just yeah. think we're going to be like, here's a hotel. Here's a tour we found on Viator. Have fun. We're like, no, no, no. Like you said you wanted to get a tattoo. Like I looked up tattoo parlors in destination and read their reviews. Like, are you kidding me? I'm not just like, randomly have happy. you really done that yeah I just did it this week so oh my god that's amazing like, I, was just like, I love that I was trying to figure out like they hadn't traveled much right so I'm just trying to get to know them and they're like we're both really into tattoos like we're thinking like maybe if we went somewhere that you know we would be able to get a tattoo to kind of like commemorate this trip and uh-huh. so I did some research and they were like oh wow you know like I'm like we're not having this conversation just so we can like waste each other's time I am trying to learn about you and hear what matters to you and infuse that into your trip. Now, sometimes obviously it's easier to do than others, just what people give you, you know, sometimes it's like pulling. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But it makes no, I love that. And not to get on my soapbox about uh, speaking very frankly and frankly and upfront with clients about budget and spend and investment. Mm. But I also believe that that's part of the reason why they respond so excitedly to me about my proposal is because there is a map and there's a video and there's a beautiful, you know, proposal with stunning hotels that they probably would have never chosen for themselves. And it's on budget. Yes. And so there's like, there's nothing that I'm presenting to them. That's kind of like, a wah, wah. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, of course, this is beautiful, but it's double what we want to spend. <laughs> like, that's really easy to present. Right. right. So I think that um, I have a similar sentiment when I go to a DMC and I give them the full profile of what I'm looking for, for a client. And I share all of these things about them and we want this and this, and this is what they're looking for. And that kind of unique experience. And then the proposal comes back and it's like hotels I've never heard of, but look awesome experiences. I didn't know were possible and we're on budget. I have that same feeling yes. and those same yes. sentiments back to the DMC of like, Yes. Yes. Thank you. Like, this is incredible. I I, like, I can't wait to present it to the clients. Yes. It's such a good feeling. Like both sides, like it flows because it's like, we know what that is like for for our clients, but we also know what it's like for us. Like we're all on the same page and we have the same kind of like goals here and what we're trying to accomplish. So yeah, I think I let's encourage people because if you don't already do this, you know, like every time I get feedback, I have a, a folder in my email of, it's called a testimonial file, but also, so I'll, I'll put it all in there, but I also have like a running doc of like important things. And I started this doc actually, when I was just like working with a copywriter to kind of pull out different things. Like what are people saying about you over and over again? What are like these, those like things that we want to kind of highlight. And so I started going through this like big email folder and like pulling them out. But then now it was like a doc that I could just easily add to. So if you don't already do that, A, it's a great way to just kind of have all of that great stuff people say about you on hand to use on social or your your website or what have you. So do it. And then also it like, if you're having a bad day, maybe you could just kind of pull that out and read it and be like, you know what, maybe this one person 
we didn't meet the mark, but look at the 98% of the other times I really, really did. And people were really happy. It'll, it'll feel good. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. So less funny and maybe not as like positive and optimistic. (laughs) The next question on your journal prompts is what time suck did you run into again and again and again this year? And you know what? Like this is a important one to kind of pay attention to. Like we all consider ourselves busy, but then sometimes we have to just like take an honest inventory of like, what is sucking our time out of our day that shouldn't like, or that maybe needs to be reassessed? Like, what is it? And so (laughs) for me, here's what I've learned in the last couple of months. So for those of you who don't know, my fabulous assistant, Kelsey is on maternity leave. So she has dumped some of her tasks back into my lap, which Oh, rude. I, I can't I'm believe it. Kidding. I cannot believe it. Like, how dare her? And so, you know, when, when you're at a place in business where you're able to kind of pass off some of the tasks that you obviously you start off and you do everything and there's going to be things you love, things you don't love, things that you're great at, things that you're not, things that take a lot of your time. And then somebody else does them and they don't take as much time because they're better at it, all the things, right? But this one particular task in my business, I mail out what I call like itinerary boxes, I guess. Well, basically what they are is they're branded boxes and inside is a printed itinerary and then like these little like bon voyage gifts. So I change it every year when I can think of something new because I have repeat clients. I don't want them getting the same damn thing every year. And it's a lot of work and it's a lot of like it costs money printing all of the actual materials. And then I'm printing the itinerary. Do you know exactly how much it costs per client? It's about a $30 investment per client. So Okay. That's not like, it's not terrible. It's not terrible. And there's always like, I have a specific percentage of like what I buy planning fee that I already just plan to, to pay back into the client, whether that's through amenities or gifts or whatever. So this is like less than it used to be actually, but I have more clients now than I used to have. However, so anyway, long story short, I am doing this task now. I'm creating, I'm putting together the boxes and it's all the things like, it's like this little, like, what is it? The shredded fancy paper that goes in and twine to tie up the itinerary. It's it's all the things. It's freaking Pinterest perfect, but it sucks. It's so much time. And then I got to print all the itineraries. I got to go to Staples to pick them up because I'm not printing them at my house. I don't have that much. Oh my gosh. You have to leave the house. I have to leave the house. Then I have to go to the (laughs) damn post office. Okay. (laughs) I got to input it. It's, it's just, it's, it's a lot. So I'm doing this. I've done it like every couple of weeks, you know, when boxes need to go out and I get to the end of this year and I'm kind of just like this, should we do this anymore? Like it's such a time suck and it's usually not my time, but now I am realizing, especially with the volume of business we're doing, how much time it is. And it just might not be worth it. Like there is ROI in the fact that it's a great like touch point with my clients. It gets them excited before they're going on their trip. They love to like get their boxes. They take photos, they put it on Instagram, yada, yada, yada. But what it costs in terms of like the time on my end, it just might not be worth it. And I hate doing it. So for sure, it's not going to be me anymore as soon as I can hand it back. Have you... Have you done it recently enough to kind of remember like last week I did 10 of these and it took me so much time? Like, do you remember? Ish. Ish. Probably was like, I did it like a a couple weeks ago and it was like, like all said and done a couple of hours. Like, yeah. I'm just curious, like 
it's one thing to delegate something and get it off your plate. That's great. But now you're almost realizing like, is it even worth my assistance time to be doing this? And then my brain immediately goes to like, what else should, should she be doing with that time? Exactly. And this particular assistant, their hourly rate keeps going up, man. I got to keep mine. <laughs> anyway, so that's yeah. mine. I don't know. I know you're really efficient with your time, but is there anything that you've kind of been noticing as we ended the year and like look at everything that like, okay, I kept saying to myself, this is a time suck. Yeah. So, I mean, if you would have asked me a few months ago, I wouldn't have immediately thought of specific trip designs as a time suck because we all know that we plan some trips faster than others. And that's related to whether we're working with the DMC, how well we know the destination, all this kind of stuff. But as we were analyzing our numbers at the end of this year, both in the workshop and now inside the Advisor Accelerator, it just became like, I can't even say that it came more became more apparent to me. I would say that it's like, like a flashing red light in my face that's almost like, if you continue to ignore this, <laughs> I'm going to slap you. That's what my spreadsheet is telling me. Um, and it just really, I was looking at all of the trips that I planned in 2023 and looking at the bottom 15% and all of them were destinations that I don't know very well, which means that they were super, super time consuming for me to research and plan. Then they were low budget and the budget is not always related to like clients not wanting to spend money. They're just related to like a five night stay in Turks and Caicos, you know, like it's just not like a huge FIT trip. Um, and so low budget, low profitability. Now I have an assistant as well that I'm paying. So it's not just me giving up my time for free to plan these types of trips. It's also me paying someone else to do certain things on this trip. So when we consider, when I say low profitability, I'm thinking about the fee I charged plus the commission I earned, but I'm not even factoring in, well, how much time did my assistant spend on this and how much did I pay her? So that decreases profitability even more. And then I think about how I really didn't even enjoy planning those trips. Right. Like it did not fill my cup in any way, shape or form. Um, And while those clients were traveling, I was at home in my office kind of feeling like nervous, like, because I didn't feel 100% confident that that trip was going to go like awesome. Mm -hmm. Now, all of them came home fine. Like none of them came home and said like that trip sucked. But I also wouldn't say that any of them came home with like raving positive feedback, like my clients are in my, this is why I'm awesome file. Yeah. There's a difference. And so it's just like thinking about all these nuances that it's not just about my time anymore. It's not just about needing to expand my horizons and learn about new destinations. It's like, this, these are all the things we tell ourselves when we're newer. Now it's like that, that was a really bad business decision. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it was a time suck. It was a time suck in so many different ways that now I have three inquiries in my inbox as we speak that are all very similar to those trips I planned last year. And so what will you do? (laughs) Yeah. I've already texted three people to say, Hey, this is what it is. Can I send this over to you? Because they will knock it out of the park. Mm -hmm. They know those places. Well, they plan those places often. And the clients will be in good hands. Yeah. And so, so it's, it's a win-win for everybody. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. I think the one thing in regards to this is, and I'm going to be doing this at the end of January this year because Kelsey will be back from maternity leave, but we do kind of converse and, and talk through 
what clients we really enjoyed working with and what clients we didn't. And a lot of times that doesn't only have to do with what we earned, although that will give me a right. little bit of like, you know, it makes me feel a little better if it's I like feel a, like my pockets were padded appropriately for dealing with the second. Yeah, it's like this <laughs> and like they're awesome and I happen to rake it in. Yeah, this yeah. is great. <laughs> so if, it's, if it's both and then great, they're in the great file. But then there's also, we talk about like the clients we just really didn't enjoy because at the end of the day, it actually isn't just like, did I earn X amount of commission? It's like, did I enjoy doing this work? And so yeah. we all, we both have our list and most of the time it is, it's the same, right? Like the experience is the same for, but sometimes it actually isn't because there are some clients we've learned that like, after I get through, like, I just got them off my plate, but like, they're so damn needy. They have so many requests. They just won't like stop bothering you. And when somebody else is dealing with that, like on a consistent basis for the months leading up to that trip departure, it just sucks the joy out of what they do. Now at the end of the day, like they get paid hourly, right? So I'm like, it's not like your your payment <laughs> shifted, but yeah, it makes them right. enjoy their their job less, and I don't want that either. And definitely, sometimes, like even with like I have a new assistant, sometimes I when I'm looking over her timesheet and like what she spent time doing, and I'm like, wow, Mr. and Mrs. Smith is costing me a lot of freaking out. What kind of dinner reservations do these people need? Like what kind of oh, does she making? break down? Um, does she detail her timesheet to say like which trip is it by trip or how is it? That's interesting. Yeah. So, and this is, it's very, it's not like within a, it's a spreadsheet that she just keeps running. So it'll be like on a daily basis, like spent 30 minutes. This is what I was working on. Spent 15 minutes. This is what I was working on. Spent whatever. This is what I was working on. So then I can say, okay, like I see, I see the, you know, whatever it is, the Smiths, their name, like dining reservations, redid dining reservations, did spa appointment. Like, you know, some the clients that just like, there's a lot of time yeah. going. And sometimes it's not necessarily that I'm telling her up to me though, to kind of look and be like, listen, like we need to set boundaries and kind of just like, let people know, like, here's, here's enough, like use us for this. Yes. But don't take advantage. Like I, I right. and so, yeah, for sure. I think what I've learned as well, uh, I've been doing more saying no, and I want to continue in this new year in 2024 of these like group trips that seem like it's not going to be like a cluster. And it is like just friends traveling together suck, suck. Yeah. They always suck. Well, because there's always one person. There's, yeah. It's not, it's not the whole group sucks. It's like, I've got everything I need except for the one person who won't respond to any of my emails, who won't give me their passport, who won't give me their deposit authorization. And therefore I can't do anything (laughs) until your one friend figures it out. (laughs) So true. So true. And so like, or even it's like you have that, you know, the meeting with the one friend, like, great. Yeah, this budget works. And then, oh, it doesn't work for everybody. Well, I now know I need to like say up front, like, Oh, I, that's the first I, thing I say. Yeah. And that actually nips a lot of groups in the bud yeah. right there. Yeah. So I, I, I say like, this is what I can, this is what, where my area of expertise is. This is what I can facilitate in this destination. This is the budget I would recommend starting with versus how high it can go, that kind of thing. And then I say like, if everyone in the group is on board, that we move forward. And if not, I might not be a good fit Yeah, to plan this together. Yeah. So I barely started being very, very clear and upfront at like mid 2023. So now in 2024, I think I'll have a far less of those types of trips. They're just not going to be on the book. So they're not going to fit those parameters and I'm yeah. going to be happier for it. And it's not even worth like 
it's not worth it. It's not, they're always like a headache. No. And so, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy to kind of make that move and kind of see those changes in how we kind of accept trips in 2024. My kind of groups are when one, one family or one person comes in and says, there's 10 of us, I'm paying for everything. Nice. Cool. I Let's know. Thanks, Grandpa. <laughs> like, I love those trips. Exactly. Like, everybody else is on board, but there's one credit card and he don't really have a budget. So we're all happy. I love those trips. Yes. I'm, I think we'll all take some more of those. <laughs> I know. I know. Anyway, I think we so, should talk about... Uh, we oh, wait, 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 wait. I have an unscripted prompted surprise you question. So don't hate me, but it's on the, it's on the topic of time suck. So you were talking about Kelsey, uh, your assistant. And I know that recently you handed over to her the responding to new inquiries. Mm, Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I have started to realize thanks to all of my spreadsheets that the number of inquiries that I'm receiving on a monthly basis are increasing. But I'm still saying no to like 50% of them. It's like my percentage of acceptance is somewhere between 50 and 60%. That was kind of like my rough estimation at the end of 2023. So I'm going to start tracking more diligently in January to see like if that remains. But anyways, if I'm receiving 20 inquiries a month, which is like not even anything compared to what you're getting, but I'm writing 10-ish emails to simply politely decline... And I'm usually writing, maybe I'm spending too much time, but I don't like to just say like, hey, we're not a good fit. I usually like to explain why and try to educate them in a way of like, hey, if I want to tell you why I'm saying no, so that if you have a trip request or something in the future that might be more aligned, like this is generally what I'm looking for. So sometimes it's lead time, sometimes it's area of expertise, sometimes it's budget, but whatever it is, like I spend time Mm -hmm. like really responding. And I've just realized lately that like, it's a time suck. I'm spending a lot of time responding to new inquiries, half of which aren't going to go anywhere after I hit send on that email. Right. So in talking about time suck, I'm curious to know how it's gone with you shifting this over to Kelsey and how exactly, like, is she literally just making the call and responding to them and doing everything on her own? Or does she, do you guys like talk about it, but then she just executes? Like, what does it look like now for you guys? Well, yeah, that's a great question. And I think it's, you're right in that that changed for 2023 and it was in the middle of the year. So I didn't get a full year of bliss, but it has been, it's so nice to only like see inquiries move forward. Like I don't have to spend that time with like the decline because that is a lot of energy. And even if there's like a great system, so I'll kind of explain the system and then how it, how it works. So within our CRM, one of the like, inquiries come in there and we respond in, in the system. I used Dubsado. So one of like the email templates is called decline. And within the decline email template is all of the six reasons why we decline and those emails written out in a templated form, which we've talked about because we both have them, which I think do a really good job of like, for the most part, they are in my voice or the brand voice, I would say very like thoughtful, detailed response regarding to that topic, whether it's lead time, budget, area of expertise, what have you. It also includes like, because a lot of times, you know, people don't like, they don't know yet, like really what we do and how we do it. So I have a pretty detailed info guide that I still attach like, Hey, you're probably curious and want to know how we work, how our services work. Here's our info guide. And then kind of like, you mentioned your budget was this, 
we prefer like our knowledge, you know, in this destination during this time, it should be this, or we only work two months or more in advance, whatever the reason is, then it will go on to like that reason that we're declining. So when the process is, okay, it's going to be a decline. It's like a, thank you for contacting us. You know, it goes this, then we can just like delete the the part that's not there. And then it's just like the one email template. Right. Sent. So how it's worked so far is I would say 80% of the time, it is a clear answer and she doesn't even need to ask what I would think. 20% okay. of the time, it's like it's on the bubble and or she knows there's a personal relationship there. Either I yeah. know the person or it's like a great client of ours and they've referred somebody because we're asking like, where did you get our information or whatever? So normally they're saying that and she's like, should we consider this because they've been sent from so-and-so? And so she'll ask me for those reasons. And then, you know, kind of move forward. There has not been a time that like she said no, that I would be like, I would have made a better decision. I would have made a worse decision. I would have let my bleeding heart say yes. And I'm I'm so like giddy that I didn't yeah. say yes and I didn't have to be the one saying no. Because even though they think I'm the one saying no, it still feels different when I don't actually have oh, to for sure. send. So it's like, it's good for my, my soul and it's good for business because I did, I was finding myself saying, not only spending a lot of time doing that part of the the process, but also letting too many people in the door that shouldn't be in the door. And even if that meant just having to have a consult with them, because that, again, that's the next time step, right? Not only, yes. I, now I got to spend 20 to 30 minutes talking to you on the phone when I know that this isn't a good fit and I want to say no. And I already knew it before I got on the call. So we're, yep. we're just wasting more time now. And my time is, is really valuable. And so is theirs. So it, it's definitely a really good move. And I'm really glad I made it. And I think yeah, I think when we were talking about it earlier, like it's it's a time thing, it's a trust thing, and it's a like yeah. time with a person thing to kind of get to that comfort level. But you know me, I am very much in the mindset of like, whatever I can pass off, I will. And I'm so, I just, this was another thing that was like, this is a good one for me, for our business. Yeah, I think what might help me not trust isn't the right word because I trust her implicitly, but like have confidence and just like letting her fully take it over, but also give her the confidence that she's making the right decisions is like, I've, as inquiries have come in, I've started to tell her, hey, like, hey, listen, for Italy, this is what we're looking for. For Japan, this is what we're looking for, you know, just, and she's like taking notes on that. Mm. So I, I was like, why don't you just start a doc on like all of the parameters that we're responding to in email and then like, let that build up and kind of become like a resource that we can refer back to. Um, and currently she's drafting a lot of emails to clients like restaurant reservations and all this kind of stuff. And so it's like, right now she just simply tells me that an inquiry comes in, but I think I might just have her start drafting it and like draft the reply that you think it should be. Mm -hmm. And then we can chat about it and kind of do that for a couple of months and then maybe slowly, but surely just let her take it over completely. Yeah. Because even if she does like the obvious ones and that's like 50% of the ones that are going to be declined, yeah. but still 50% of, of, of those, like not even having to be in your brain, because you know, the other yeah. thing I say, it's like not just off your plate, but out of your brain. Like exactly when you don't have to think Which about is, it anymore is the win. Yeah. The out of my way. brain is a big part yeah. because I let new inquiries stack up and I don't always respond as quickly as I should simply because it's like, I know it's not going to be a quick response. I have to like sit down and make time to do it. So that's not good for anybody. Mm -hmm. So anyways, uh, good to know how you're managing that. I'm going to start working toward that. Awesome. 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 Okay. So I know the thing that we did at the end of the year was take a look at your fabulous spreadsheet that you created inside the advisor accelerator for how to set goals. And basically it was 
all the information that we gathered in the looking back workshop that we did, and then taking that information with additional information. So we had, you know, it all in one place to be able to look at and see everything together. And then adding in on our end for 2024, where we wanted to see change. So whether that was a total number of trip designs that we did, or whether that was the average trip spend, or what was the, some of the other things we could actually move? Cause we couldn't move all this. We couldn't decide all of the things. The other things were like decided yeah. for us. <laughs> we can also put the spreadsheet decided for us. Yeah. Uh, you can also move like how, once the money comes in, how we're utilizing the money. So right. what are, a lot of people were realizing that their expenses are really, really high. So like the percentage of the revenue landing in their bank account, a lot of it's going right back out in expenses rather than to themselves as like owner's compensation. So that's something that we're in control of mm-hmm. uh, so, and what we're saying yes to. So yeah, as new inquiries come in, what are we saying yes to? Yeah. Yeah. So I loved it because it was all like, I already tracked all this information, but in 17 different like docs and spreadsheets. So it was, it was such a nice like way to see everything. And also I just loved like, if you change this, this changes, but you don't get to decide if this changes. It changes because of this like type of a type of a thing. Exactly. Which was like, uh because we all want to just change. We all just want to say, we're going to sell, you know, this much in travel yes. just because it doesn't work that way. <laughs> like, yeah. To give an example, like the, in the spreadsheet, you can change the number of trips that you plan in a year and you can change the average value of each trip. So the average trip cost, you cannot touch the total revenue. Right. So you can't just come into the spreadsheet and say, I want to book a million dollars next year. It's like, no, tell me what volume you can handle and what your average trip cost is going to be. And then it will tell you how much total revenue you're going to book. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really, it was great. And I think it's just a very important differentiator for people to see because it starts getting Mm -hmm. us thinking about the things that we can control. So when you did like your 2024 goals column, what were the things that were like a pretty significant difference that like you're looking forward to working towards in this new year? Um, So there's going to be a really big jump for me in total volume of trips booked. And that's directly related to the fact that I now have a full-time assistant supporting trip design, which I didn't in 2023. So otherwise that number wouldn't change at all. But because I have her, we are already operating at like a much higher capacity with, with trip designs. And then I also increased my average trip cost pretty substantially, but I did not pull that number out of thin air. I, the 15% of trips that I was just describing that I felt kind of as a time suck, I removed those trips from my 2023 data to see how it would affect my average. And my, my average goal for 2024 is just slightly above that had I not booked those smaller, more time consuming trips. So those the numbers look like a big increase, right? Like it looks like a 20% increase or something, which if somebody just said, I want to increase my average trip cost by 20%, but they didn't have any sort of explanation or strategy behind that, I would probably push back. Right. But because I can see, I actually do have those clients and it's the smaller ones that are pulling my average down. So if I get rid of those and my average is actually really great, since I can see that that's a possibility, then that's where I've come up with that number. So that's going to mean that I'm going to have to either hand over new inquiry response to my assistant and get it out of my hands because I'm a little bit like you 
and or just be a lot more ruthless and honest with myself about whether I should be saying yes to some things. Yeah. Do you have any, have you thought through yet any KPIs that are going to be associated with like those two specific goals that you want to yeah. kind of like start to do something with, like have an action towards? Yeah. So I don't currently ask for referrals at all, ever. It makes me really uncomfortable, just even the idea of it. Um, so I think that I am going to try to figure out a way to acknowledge and thank the clients who I currently have who are so great and who send me a lot of referrals and who are just so awesome, you know, just like they're awesome to work with, but they're also awesome because I'm constantly seeing people pop into my inbox that were sent by them. And, and just find a way that I'm comfortable with to say, Hey, like, this was really great. If you have, you know, whatever, I don't even know what I'm going to say yet. So I can't even pretend to say it, but I am thinking about this of like, I need to do this. Cause I know a lot of people do this and I don't, I'm also thinking about separating my current welcome home email, which is generally me asking for feedback more on like your experience with me. Mm-hmm. And if you leave a review on like virtuoso or something for like working with me, like I'm appreciative of it, but I've never driven people to leave Google reviews and to build clientele in my current community. And there's a lot of potential here. And my client, my book of business is growing here in my current community. Um, slow and slow. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I want to, and this was a podcast that I recorded with Jen Lee recently, like in the last couple of months. I listened to that cooking dinner a couple of weeks ago. So I remember that, like that whole Google review thing. I was like, huh. Never crossed my yeah. mind either. I'm like, oh shoot. Um, so it was I've definitely worth a lot about, about it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I'm gonna try to separate my hey, how was your trip? Welcome home email, like which hotel did you love the most? Kind of just quick back and forth with the client, and then a period of time later actually reach back out and say, Hey, to share with others how it was to work with me, would you leave a review? And actually sharing with them the Google review instead. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm thinking about these like these are minor tweaks. They're not costly, right? In either time or money, but I'm hoping to really utilize that to not only attract more inquiries and new clients coming in, but to be really mindful about attracting new business that's going to be a good fit. Yeah, I love that. And so the way my brain works when like I hear you say all that stuff is those are good. Those are good performance indicators, like things that you can do, things that you can measure. And so I would be like, okay, I'm going to ask you next month, what's this letter that you came up with to like chat with your, your, your current yep. clients. And you're going to tell me, Hey, here's what I've drafted. And I sent it out. And this is the response I'm getting. <laughs> I'm going to be like, oh, that's amazing. And then I'm going to be like, all right, we're 90 days in. So how is it going asking for those Google reviews? Like, have you been able to kind of like find a rhythm with that? And, you know, do you see people responding? It's going to take a while for like that, A, that, whatever it is, SEO, like whatever happens on the back end of Google to kind of like get yeah. out there and start being beneficial. Sure. So that's like a long-term thing, but your, your action is actually doing it. So, so that yes. by the end of yeah. next year, we can be like, oh, wow. Like there were more and more people saying that they found me from searching travel advisor near me or whatever it is they search. And you'll be able to see like how much that did move the needle, which will be really cool. So yeah, for people listening, like in terms of, of you have the idea. Now put 
put the time in which that idea is going to be acted on, like into the plan, because it's the idea is great. We're all loving it. Yay. Thumbs up. But if you don't a like actually do it and then also give yourself a time frame into where you can actually see if it's working or if you need to tweak something. OK, I'm asking this way and that's not really getting a lot of responses. Maybe I'll do this. You have to have those types of like checkpoints in place as you go through a year to kind of make sure that like the goals you set are doing something. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that I'll also be watching in addition to what you were saying, I'll also be watching the inquiries that come in that mention that they found me on Google. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it's, it's a long-term strategy. It's not like a quick turnaround, like this is going to make a difference by February, but that's okay because the impact that I need it to make is small. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, for for an advisor who's looking to go from something like four inquiries a month to 12 inquiries a month, the strategy, my strategy probably wouldn't be applicable. No. And that's why we can't uh, borrow each need, other's. Yeah. <laughs> no. And you can, you can absolutely use the strategy that I just shared, but it's not going to provide the results of someone looking for like super quick, like mass influx of inquiries. So it's not a question of can you do it or not? It's like, yeah, sure you can do it, but is it going to, is it going to drive the results and move the needle in the way that you're hoping it's going to? And so that's always what I'm trying to think about. Yeah, that's good. What about you? What goals, what numbers are you looking to shift? Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I'm almost like asking myself this question and I don't even know that like I have a uh, certain answer because my numbers are not hopefully not going to shift negatively. My numbers aren't going to shift that much next year purposefully. Like I don't think my, my goals are probably a little bit less aligned with like growth, so to speak. Not so with maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. For a couple of different reasons. I still have like, I think a, a three-year vision that will require me kind of doing some things each year to kind of move towards a, some bigger goals. But I think also what I have in mind for next year is kind of getting things to a place where what I'm doing feels more aligned and a better way to move forward in maybe kind of thinking it like through it like this, like I'm taking a bigger like look at my client experience and what I am providing to make a shift there and, and and really be kind of like more confident in, in that so that after that's all kind of like, okay, like, that's great. That's good. I feel like more in alignment with like where I want business to grow, if that makes sense. So it's a little bit less tied to numbers or revenue or volume. And also just because I think I'm pretty satisfied with those numbers for now, not for forever, but for now. So I don't really need to, to focus on those maybe for this year. Also, I think we were talking about this earlier as well. I I was looking at my numbers at the end of this year and I was just like, what am I going to do if next year I suck and everything is like half of what it was this year? Like, so just to say, if anybody else like doubts themselves and like gets to the place where they're just like, I'm such an imposter. I don't know. This is all a fluke. All these clients, they came to me, but they're not going to come again. And I probably just like, if you ever feel that way, know that you're not alone. I literally did that last night. Yeah, (laughs) literally. We need to go, we need to go look at our, this is why I'm awesome file. (laughs) We do. Because I was just like, it was probably just an anomaly. I don't know. Like, like, you know. Eight years running, all these anomalies. All these anomalies just popping up. 
And so, um, yeah, so I don't know. Going, going back to your, I think it's really interesting that you're not looking for a tremendous amount of growth, but you are looking to kind of tweak and refine the things that you are doing. So have you thought about KPIs that you can actually track or have you thought about what the result is? Like, how do you know if you've succeeded in those things if we yeah. check back in in 90 days or six months? Yeah. So a couple of the things that were, I want to see a difference and, and I think this is going to kind of tie into what my goals are. Number one is going to be, <clears throat> so I think we talked earlier about like the amount of inquiries I receive is pretty large. That's because they're coming from not just like, you know, referrals or repeat business are coming just from like, you know, Google or, or social or different things. And they're filling out forms when they're not the right client. The, and this might seem a little counterintuitive, but I kind of think I need less inquiries, but better ones. And if that's yeah. the case, I need to look at what people are seeing when they come across. And I talked about this you know, when we did the Travel Pro Summit and my whole thing was your branding first impression. My first impression is letting too many people think that they should send in an inquiry. Now, it might not seem like a bad thing, but it, it should be more aligned to the type of travel and business and clients that I want to work with. They should just see themselves very clearly or not. It just should do a better job at attracting and repelling. And the repelling, I think, is not as high as I need it to be. Also, part yeah. of the reason for that is in terms when it comes to social, I just, I have like this love of like everybody traveling, no matter what, no matter how, like just see the world. Like that is my personal philosophy. It's just not my business philosophy. And so right. it has to be an alignment so that people know how to talk about my business. And they also see the type of business that I'm running or want to run or, or the type of travel I want to plan and know that like, yes, travel as much as you can, however you can. And then call me if <laughs> right. this is what you're looking yeah. for, not just call me because you want to travel and you think I do a great job. Like there's, there's a, a missing piece somewhat that I get too many inquiries that are not a good fit. So I actually want to see that decrease so that my percentage of acceptance is higher, but I'm not seeing yes. so many fit like inquiries that are not a good fit. So right. I think that has to do with, we talked about this briefly, copywriting. That's super like. Uh, well, it's an investment. It's going to cost a lot of money. But I think people who know how to speak directly to the right type of clients within copy and do it in a way that like really, I have to know my own business well enough to be able to like have this be effective. So I really need to just get real yeah. clear on who I am yeah. and who I serve and all of that. So I can communicate that to a great person who knows how to do copywriting. And and really kind of invest in that area of my business. So what I'm hoping to see from that is a in in influx, influx, is that the right word? In yeah, of new inquiries. Of new yep. inquiries. So that percentage of my kind of like total client pie, I want new inquiries to be actually higher because I think I've done a great job in the last eight years, like building this like snowball effect that I call it of like people repeating and people referring. However, like attracts like, and we know that. So when we only are dealing with like the types of referrals and repeat business based off the type of travel we've already planned, it's going to be very similar. I'm not saying yes. I can just jump from way over here to way over there, like in a year. No, right. but I can do my job to do like small incremental increases. Incremental. Yeah, exactly. That will get me there. Exactly. Amazing. Well, I'm really excited to check in 
uh, in three or four months to see how that's going both for both of us, honestly, because I think that the copy and the branding piece is probably what's next for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Also kind of dial that in a little bit to really be attracting the the clientele that I'm most wanting to work with. So I'm excited for 2024. Me too. Me too. Like get rid of that, get rid of that imposter syndrome and go like be our fabulous selves. <laughs> All right. Well, happy new year to us and to everyone listening. And here's to a fabulous year and see you all soon. Thanks.